Counter the latest internet sensation. I don't even think I have to react to that. Can you go, mate? We are Seb Costello looks a bit like the Monopoly man. I saw Seb and he ain't in an upright position, I can tell you that. What does he do? Can I say hi? Good morning, Seb, and good morning to all your listeners. Hi! Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. Morning, Melbourne. Happy Saturday. Get around yourselves. It is good to be back. 17 degrees in the world's most livable city for people who love 40-kilometre speed zones. It is four past seven, and this is Triple M's Weekend Breakfast. And we're here to wake you up a bit, because let's face it, has been a bit quiet in Melbourne this week. And I know why. When you put Shane Warne and Brendan Favola in the jungle, the whole city just goes to sleep. There's no action without the boys around. Plenty on the show this morning. Hollywood A-lister Ryan Reynolds is our first guest for 2016. Clapping yourselves a bit sad. I won't do that anymore. NBA Finals hero Matty Delavidova. He's dialing in from Cleveland. But let's start with the salad bowl because it's all anybody's talking about. The salmonella outbreak. We understand that there are now 54 people affected by contaminated salads that were sold in Coles and Woolworths. And this is how my life goes. Decided to make a big change, get healthy, and bought a Nutri Ninja from Coles last Sunday. Been smashing the green juice all week, and it has been full of Coles branded rocket salad and spinach. Haven't actually had any outbreaks from either the bottom end or the vomiting yet, but I'm a little bit nervous. So, for more advice, we go to Dr. Tony Bartoni, who is the president of the AMA and does a very good job here in Victoria. Doctor, what is salmonella? Good morning, Seb. Um, salmonella is a bacteria. It's a bacterial infection that uh, will contaminate food and obviously when eaten um, by whatever method uh, or food uh, will create some uh, really severe symptoms, usually in the stomach um, or the gastrointestinal tract. So you might get vomiting, you might get diarrhea, you might get stomach aches and cramps. Um, nausea and vomiting. So it basically isn't a very pleasant illness, but the, it usually is fairly short-lasting, um, but can happen anywhere between, uh, between 6 and 72 hours after you ingest a contaminated food product. I'm getting a bit nervous here, Doc, I have to say, with all the green juice I've been smashing this week. What should people do if they are starting to feel the symptoms having consumed some of these contaminated products? Well, the first thing is, if they've got any of those uh, contaminated products or potentially contaminated products, they should put them to one side and obviously either take them back to uh, where they bought them or contact uh, the health department uh, and and they'll be sorted out on the, uh, the contact front. But then in terms of what they should do for themselves, if they're feeling uh, unwell, they should obviously make clear reference to maintaining their fluids and keeping their temperature under control. So Panadol and um, a fluid replacement, one of those electro, you know, balanced electrolyte solutions that you can get from the chemist. But they've really, if they're not well, they really should see their family doctor and and make sure that you know they're potentially tested and and if they uh, and confirm the diagnosis one way or the other and isolate the the bacteria and and then assist with the further contact tracing. It's good advice, Dr. Tony Bartoni, and I like that you kept a very straight bat because I don't know if you heard this, but your colleague in the health service, Dr. Finn Romain, talking about lettuce and said this in a press conference. The cases we're aware of are the tip of an iceberg. That is a bad salad pun, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I heard that too. Yes, I must say, it put a smile to my face. <laughs> Good on you, Dr. Tony Bartoni, the president of the AMA. Thanks for your time on Triple M. Good on you. Thank you. There you go. Did you have the contaminated lettuce? And what did you do? I had to go to the fridge and make a very tough decision. Did I toss the lettuce or did I just munch on? And I have to say... <laughs> There have been a few green juices since the salmonella outbreak started in spite of what's happened. That certainly isn't the official medical advice. One triple three five three. give us a call or Twitter at SebCostello9. If you had the contaminated salad, did you toss it or munch on? Get Have a look at the paper, though, if you don't know whether the products are affected. All sorts of lettuce, baby spinach, baby rocket, cause the whole bit. Although one of the lines of salad that is affected is the wash, let me say this properly, the wash and toss variety. If you're eating wash and toss salad, probably you should be expecting a couple of hygiene issues. Doesn't exactly jump out at me from the show. Oh, I'll have the wash and toss, please. That sounds delicious. Harvey joins us at Wheeler's Hill. Mate, did you have any of that lettuce? Uh, No, I didn't. Uh, Like I was saying before, mum-in-law had bought lettuce to make uh, souvlakis. Oh, mother-in-law, I should say. And uh, I looked in the fridge and there was a bag of uh, mixed lettuce, the pre-washed stuff. 
and uh, I just looked at it and just chucked it out. Wasn't going to risk it. Mate, it's a very good way to play it. Having said that, though, mother-in-law's are a little notorious. You don't think she was just trying to feed you a poisonous silver lucky? Uh, no. Uh, well, I heard, I, I heard the salmonella break, outbreak uh, that morning when I was uh, working. And then when I came home, I just saw the mixed bag of letters. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to have it. Habs, I appreciate that. I feel like using some pretty strong language when it comes to these guys who are ringing the schools. Get a life. We've had primary schools, secondary schools evacuated multiple times during the week. What they're doing is they're somehow programming an automated phone message that comes in and says there's some sort of threat on the campus and all the kids have to go. Understandably, all the parents are pretty scared, as I would be. And we don't yet know who these guys are. Police are tracing them. But get a life is my message. If you are listening, I've made an automated phone call just for you guys. You guys suck the fat one. Stop upsetting parents. We are going to slap you silly. You flogs. Lots of love, Melbourne. In the 20th century, the sporting landscape was indeed a wide world. But with the advent of the interweb communication and global overpopulation, the sporting universe is bigger than ever. And champions beyond the traditional games deserve their recognition. Presenting the weekend breakfasts, glittering galaxy of sport. And don't the kids love it? Oh, they certainly do. We've had a look at mountain boarding. We've had a look at robot soccer. This morning, it's a game that you should be very familiar with because the rules... Just remember the five Ds of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. That's right. We're talking dodgeball, and the reason for that is because if you don't know your order, the Dodgeroos, Australia's representative dodgeball team, are going to the World Cup in Manchester. It's being held in the UK, and the vice-captain, if you don't mind, of the Dodgeroos is on the line. Good morning, Andrew Thomason. Good morning. Now, tell us, is it all about the five dodge, Ds of dodgeball? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, mate, uh, I want to know how it's all played. So run us through the rules. Uh, so basically, it's um, you throw a ball from one side of a court to the other, and uh, the aim of the game is to basically hit the player on the other side of the court. Um, if you catch a ball, then the person who threw that ball is out, and you get to bring another player back in. I love it, mate. What I understand, it's a 40-minute game. You use the 7-inch foam balls to do it. It's done on a basketball court with six of field. Tell me this, though. When it comes to the World Cup, when is that happening and who are the team to beat? Um, so it's happening in middle of April this year and we're going up uh, against the likes of uh, England, uh, Egypt, Scotland, Northern Ireland. Uh, but I definitely think England will be the uh, team to beat. Fair dinkum. So you're not on the Egyptians? Uh, no, nah, not really. I've heard through the grapevines that the English are pretty competitive. Is that right? So it could yeah. be a bit of an Ashes showdown in the Dodgeball World Cup. I think so. I think we might have to uh, smelt a wrench down or something like that. <laughs> I like your style, mate. Now, look, Dodgeball, it's not cricket. It's not the Olympics. But still, you come home, you tell the family, hey, I'm representing Australia in an international sporting competition. What does that feel like? Oh, they're, they're very proud. Um, my girlfriend, who's uh, been behind me the whole way, yeah, she couldn't be happier. So it's really, really good. Mate, that is fantastic. Well, we wish you well. You can check it out online, the uh, Dodgeball organisation. It's terrific. And Andrew Thomason is the vice-captain of the Dodgeroos. Mate, can we talk to you when you're over there in the UK? Yeah, absolutely. Mate, we'll do that. Watch out for those Egyptians too. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and a lot of people will be out exercising, trying to get their health and fitness on. So... We've made a major signing in that department. Brand new segment for 2016, which I'm really excited about. And it is a bit of a coup. Joining us for 2016 as our health and fitness regular expert, 7.30 every week. I think you know him. Health and Fitness with Danny Green. Yes, we are very excited to have the four-time world champion as part of the weekend breakfast. You can get on his Team Danny Green at teamdannygreen.com.au. It's his own personalised health and fitness program, but we're going to be talking to him every week. Greeny, it is great to have you aboard. Good morning, Seb. Thanks very much for having me on, mate. 
It's going to be fantastic. Now, Team Danny Green, it's your online program for blokes to get healthy. You've got to get on it too. It's teamdannygreen.com.au. You know, why did you decide to kind of get involved in this space and, and make a difference in, you know, Aussie blokes' health? Oh, Seb, it's kind of a pretty funny story. I was sitting down with a mate of mine who is involved, um, you know, in the program with me as well. And mate of mine, Mark, and we're sitting there and honestly, we're having a beer and a pizza watching a game of footy. And he said, Grinny... <laughs> You know, and he's got young kids. He's just got a new boy as well. His, his young son, um, Mav, is, is only very young, and uh, he just turns a year you know, next week, I think it is. And so he said, what can I do? If you could put, put him on sentence, what's the best thing I can do, Granny? I just went bang, 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 and just laid it out, you know, as I took another sip of my stubby. <laughs> and then he, bang, he said, man, if we had something, if we could bottle that, we'd, have, we'd be on something for like here, yeah. and then for people in general to, to help them lose weight. So within a month, we started, you know, kicking this idea around. But we, our first and foremost motivation for this was to make it uh, simplistic and to make it uh, realistic and also to make these results. For people who wanted to, to get results, we wanted them to achieve. We've had amazing feedback and it's been very, very rewarding, Seth. Oh, mate, I'm pleased to hear that. And that's why we're so excited to have you as part of the show. And as you say, it is simple, isn't it? Because, mate, I have seen you uh, in training camp with your trainer, Ange, and you go pretty bloody hard. Uh, you know, the programs you're dealing with, are they something that, you know, the everyman can do? Yeah, definitely, Seb. And, and look... This is nothing to do with boxing. There's only actually one boxing exercise on it. Okay. It's all about health and fitness. There's nothing to do with boxing. Boxing, you can use boxing as one of the components to get fit, but it's nothing to do with boxing. It's about everyday people getting fit in, 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 in everyday fashion. Well, mate, it's awesome. I see you clocked up one year of the program. It's teamdownygreen.com.au. So I encourage everybody to check that out. But we're going to come back after this break, and every week you're going to concentrate on a different aspect of health and fitness for us. This week we're going to start at the beginning. How do you actually get motivated to get out of bed and get started with this stuff? You got some ideas for us, Greeny? Sure have, Seb. All right, we'll get into that after this on Triple M. We've got our new team member, Danny Green, presenting health and fitness every week for 2016. And let's start at the start, because motivation is the hardest thing for a lot of people, especially on a Saturday morning. You just want to have a bit of a sleep in. But, Greeny, you've got some thoughts. How do we actually get motivated to get out there and start working out? So it's, it's, it's kind of easy for me to bang on about being fit and staying fit and doing all these exercises, because I've done it my whole life, and it's been a, way, a part of my everyday life. But I realise, and there's certain things that I can't do, and I find very, very tough to get motivated. For instance, office work, paperwork. So I'd love me, to see you in the office environment. I don't reckon anybody would touch your food if it was labelled in the fridge. <laughs> You'd be surprised, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty easy going, mate. I think you know me well enough. I'm an idiot. So uh, I, I think I'd be the one that'd be getting pranked, but I'll get them back, that's for sure. Exactly. But it's, it's all about, once again, it's all about being realistic and keeping things very, very simple. So we get people to, to when they start the program to, to tell us what their goals are. What do they want to achieve, mates? Their whole life's changed. Would you suggest that people come up with a big goal first, like where they want to end up at the end of the program, or is it about the little goals, some short-term things that you can tick off on your way? Well, I think you'll agree with me here, mate. When you set yourself a goal, and it's a massive goal, and then halfway through the program or halfway through or you're halfway towards achieving that goal and you're not quite there or you're nowhere near it because you've probably set the bar too high, it can be very discouraging. And it can be a bit of a, you know, be a bit of a setback. And so, therefore, we encourage people to set your goals not so high. Don't set the bar too high. Just achieve. Let's have a little victory. So, if you want to lose, say, eventually lose 25 kilograms, well, don't set 25 kilograms as the goal for the first program. Set yourself five to eight kilograms, which is extremely realistic. Just set the bar not so high, so you can actually achieve that. Set a realistic goal. Achieve that, and that'll give you the motivation to hang on. I just kicked myself in the ass. This is fantastic. I just kicked the goal. I want to do it again, but I want to set the bar a little bit higher this time. Mm, you got me thinking, mate. I'm going to have to set some goals as we go on this regular segment. And you mentioned diet there. I reckon we cover that next week. Granny, we've got to ask before we wind it up too, are you uh, training at the moment or is the back still giving you a few issues? Uh, actually, actually, the back's coming good, mate. So I, I, I was probably, I was a bit surprised, mate. I, I was, the back was worse than I thought it was, so I didn't train for seven weeks, which for me is... It, I went a bit shack whack in the in the house. I was going crazy, but uh, I'm I'm back on deck, mate. About probably seventy five percent back to full strength, and um, you know about, I've been getting regular treatment. So yeah, it's it's going well, and I'm I'm, I'm back training regularly and uh, and starting to feel good again. Mm, excellent, now, mate. I understand the little milestone in the greenhouse too this week. Yeah, my little squid, my little girl turned fourteen. 
Unbelievable. Um, you know, she's ruled my house with an iron fist at the age of two, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Can't believe she's 14, mate. Unbelievable. Well, mate, thank you for being a part of the program. We can't wait to see what we can learn and the lessons. That, you know, we'd love to also to get feedback from the listeners. So tweet either myself at Seb Costello 9 or at Danny Green Boxer, which is Danny's. Any questions you got, any feedback you want, we'll be able to provide it through this segment regularly on Triple M. Danny Green, teamdannygreen.com.au. Always a pleasure. Look forward to chatting again soon. Awesome, Seb. Thanks very much. And, yeah, if you guys got any questions, I look forward to you guys ringing in and, uh, and answering them and, and helping you guys out. Let's talk a bit of Super Bowl, though, because it's all happening in San Francisco. Monday morning, our time, it is the Panthers and the Broncos. And joining us to talk American football is a man who blazed the trail for the likes of Sav Rocker and Jared Hayne. He booted 200 goals for the Demons here in Melbourne before making it over there in the NFL with the San Diego Chargers. Darren Bennett, thanks for joining us. You're over there in San Francisco on Radio Row. Is it just madness at the moment? It's crazy. I don't know how many press credentials they've given out this week, but it's upwards of about 7,000, I think, and they're all in this building at the same time. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Well, let's talk the game because, you know, you know this this code of gridiron. It is the Carolina Panthers versus the Denver Broncos, for those who don't know. The Panthers are the heavy favourites. Tell our audience why that's the case. Well, Cam Newton is really probably the MVP of the league right now, and he's having a season for the ages uh, and they've just been the most complete team right throughout the season, you know. And it, they're, because they're inexperienced as far as playoffs are concerned, as the season built, they weren't really sure whether they were going to falter, but they just haven't, you know. And they dominated the NFC Championship game to make it here to the Super Bowl. And I think that's why they're the favourite is, you know, the there's a bit of a, uh, uh, you know, not sure about uh, Peyton Manning and the offence on Denver. Uh, their defence is fantastic, but uh, Carolina seems to be the more complete team right now. You mentioned Peyton Manning, and he's, of course, the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He's going to his fourth Super Bowl. Some say at in his late 30s it might be sort of his best football is past him. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's got a great support crew around him, but just, uh, you know, he doesn't throw the ball as well as he used to. And even halfway through the season, he had an ankle injury, uh, and he was, you know, not the starting quarterback for a while. So there was no guarantee he was even going to make it to the end of the season. So, you know, all talk is here. He's the sentimental you know, favourite to, to hopefully win this Super Bowl. And then if he does, he'll probably walk away from the game and retire. And you mentioned all the celebs uh, up there on Radio Row in San Francisco. you got one sitting next to you, if you don't mind. Melissa Punlazan is with us, who is the X Factor winner from Channel 7's program in 2014. 14 years old too when you won it. G'day, Melissa. Hello. How are you finding San Francisco? Oh, it's amazing, you know. Uh, we arrived here like two days ago, and it's just already amazing. That's fantastic. And you guys are teaming up to help out the Wounded Warrior Amputee Football Team. What's that all about, Darren? Oh, it's uh, they're returned soldiers here that, uh, you know, Marines, uh, Army and, and Navy, and most of these guys have been injured in battle, so they have, uh, you know, amputated legs and missing arms, and they... They have uh, a lot of prosthetics. There's guys in wheelchairs that play in the game too, and they've played this game for the last few years at the Super Bowl against NFL alumni. And I think at the moment the NFL alumni is 0-14. and 14. The Wounded Warriors <laughs> win every year. And they call it flag football, but it's sort of contact flag football because these guys take it pretty seriously. That's fantastic. Well, good luck to the Wounded Warriors. You can check that out too. It's got a website, www.aft.org. Darren and Melissa both getting behind that terrific cause, which is great. Guys, before we wrap it up, who do you like better, Panthers or Broncos? Panthers. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're the favourites. that your tip too, Darren? No, I'm going to go with the old guy Ooh. and then go with the Broncos. Seeing, seeing Melissa went with the Panthers, I'll go the other side. I like yeah. it, like it. Well, guys, have a terrific weekend. It's going to be so much fun over there. Darren Bennett and Melissa Ponlazan, we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Our next guest is killing it in the media at the moment. He's a big part of Triple M footy, and he's running rings around the likes of Mark Latham and Jackie Lambie when he pops up on the verdict on the Nine Network. G'day, Campbell Brown. <laughs> Hi, Seb. What's mate. happening, mate? Well, there's one area where you're not killing it. I was at dinner last night, and all mm -hmm. the girls wanted to talk about was Jared Roughhead's wedding, black tie, and there is oh. the brown dog in a grey suit. Yeah, it was a poor choice by me. <laughs> I... um. I, I didn't even think too much about it. I knew I had a white shirt and a, a black tie, and uh, I just presumed that there'd be a few people there in blue and grey and all sorts. But uh, apparently black tie means black suit and black tie, and I was the odd one out. But I went into bat for you. I pointed out <laughs> that you did have a black tie on, so surely that counts. Yeah, exactly, and there was a lot of people there wearing black bow ties, but the invitation said black tie. So 
Um, yeah, they, they made sure that uh, it was known. Though, that a few of the boys, uh, the real fashionistas, Jack Gunston and and uh, Sammy Mitchell were disgusted. Oh, are they bow tie wearers? <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, you can tell a lot about a man if he wears a bow tie. Now, why are you at the Super Bowl? I, oh. I thought you'd be over there for sure. Thank you very much, Brownie. I appreciate that. We'll uh, chop that audio out. Now, I uh, had a good run last year, so I missed out on that one. But I think Mick Malloy is going to have enough fun for the six of us. Yeah, Eddie, I saw a photo of Eddie over there with Vince Vaughan just rolling at pace. <laughs> I bet you Vince Vaughan is telling his mates he met Eddie Maguire the way Ed goes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mate, so what are you doing today? You're down there at the Sparsa Pool and Spa Outdoor Living Expo. Sounds terrific. And you're back in the pool or kind of? Oh, kind of, yeah. Just baby steps for me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they uh, they wanted uh, me to go down there, obviously, um, get involved in, in the day. The uh, Pool and Spa Expo is a massive... Um, big spa, a swim spa that you attach yourself with a harness to, and and you can actually uh, you know do swimming training nice. like you're in a normal pool. Um, and so Matty Robertson, the uh, the great netballer for the Vixens and represented Australia, is coming down. We're doing five five minute challenges to see who uh, can swim the furthest in those uh, five minutes, and uh, raising a bit of money for Kids Safe Victoria too, which is. Uh, which is pretty pretty important. Raise some money to um, help raise awareness and uh, and education and, and water safety programs around kids uh, in the water. I'm hearing some rumours that Maddie is taking this very easily. She thinks she's got your measure, Brownie. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm just a plotter <laughs> in the pool, just slow and steady uh, as we go. But I'm um, not too much of a sprinter, so those five minute intervals, uh, I might be uh, in a bit of trouble. And Maddie, you casting your eye to the English Channel again? Yeah, look, it's something that I will have another go at, but uh, the immediate future, probably not. I'm just, um, oh, I need a shoulder reconstruction for starters. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that'll probably set me back for uh, for this year at least. But um, yeah, I, when I got back from, from the channel, I thought I'd give myself a, a month or two of just relaxing and not getting in the water, and, and I haven't got back in since. So it's, that one or two months has turned into about five, and uh, <laughs> just need to mentally freshen up. But I'll definitely go back there and uh, and try and tick that off again because uh, it was cruel the way the, the weather turned, but um, but that's life. Exactly, mate. Well, we wish you well there. And if you get a chance, check out the Sparsa Pool and Spa Outdoor Living Expo down at the Melbourne Exhibition and Convention Centre. Tickets at the door. Brownie's swimming at uh, places between 11am and 3pm, so check that out. Campbell Brown, always good to talk to you. Cheers, Seb. And this is pretty exciting. Our first big guest for the weekend breakfast for 2016, Van Wilder, is one of my favourite movies. How can you not when they change the eclairs around? If you haven't seen it, go see it because I can't explain exactly what happens on radio, but it involves a dog. Our women also like this bloke because he is the world's sexiest man. He's in some great rom-coms like Definitely Maybe, which is pretty good too. And his latest one is from the makers of the Avengers and X-Men. It's called Deadpool, and it's described as a fresh and unique Marvel superhero movie. Now, Ryan Reynolds was in town a little while ago. The visit was pretty brief. It was kept under wraps, so I met him in a hotel room that was organised by the studio where we got to have a chat. He was a beautiful guy, and I started off by asking him, because Deadpool, the character, before they made it into a film, would talk in the comic book about how if there was a movie made out of the character, the character would want Ryan Reynolds to play Deadpool. So it's happened. And I asked Ryan if that put a bit of pressure on him. That is actually true, and that, that is a bit of pressure. Yeah, I, I do appear in the comic books, Deadpool, uh, in, in several different issues where he says he's, he would like me to portray him in the film. And um, uh, I hope it did him justice. You know, <laughs> I can't tell the difference sometimes between me and Deadpool these days, so I like to think that I did something right. It blended. Yeah. yeah. Art imitating life, life imitating art. Yeah, exactly, is. yeah. He's an expert marksman, swordsman, and martial artist. As yeah. an actor, which one of those is the funnest to do? Um, oh, gosh, I don't know. Swords are fun because yeah. it requires an actual some skill. You know, you do have to actually learn it. So mm. swords are fun. Um, guns are stressful. Uh, maybe that's because I'm Canadian. I'm, like, allergic to them. <laughs> as soon as I start shooting them, my, I, my blood blood pressure goes through the roof and I'm stressed out and I'm yelling at people for no reason and it, yeah it's a, I, the guns I don't like mm. but but they're a necessary component to this crazy world that we live in in, in terms of Deadpool so yeah well, speaking of the crazy world I was going through your social media before we did the interview oh yes I saw you sorry about that the trainer for Deadpool is it a fairly exhaustive physical process yeah. to become this block yeah it's uh yeah I mean you, you know I had eight months to train for it and wow. you know it's uh so you, you get a bit of time and you know you get your your, your time in the gym in and um, 
yeah, it's it's it, it's tough, but that's your job. Your job is to just do that, and it's it shouldn't be applicable to a normal person's everyday life who has, um, you know, has to work for twelve hours, then go home and you know make sure the kids are in bed and that sort of thing. It's a, <laughs> uh, for me the lead up to the movie was just that. It was just training, so so uh, I could do that. But if I had to do that once we started shooting, all bets were off because I have a little baby, and you know I was my uh, there was no time to train once I was actually shooting. So. Right. Oh yeah, your daughter's quite young. How yeah. old will she have to be until she can see that? Well, she was three months old when we. Brought her uh, over to, to Vancouver to shoot right. the film. So um, I'm from there, so it was great. We got to see my family and my mom, and you know, it was nice. Nice time. And yeah. Bring the bring the youngster yeah, home. Yeah, bring the kids home. It was great. It was yeah. actually worked really well. I wish all my movies were shot there. <laughs> uh, Put in the contract for next. Yeah, right. I could try. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that'll go over very well. Now we're talking. Yeah. Now I yeah. like the way yeah. uh, in the uh, promotional material for the film, we've got Deadpool as the guy at the party who never shuts up, can't take a hint, all the rest of it. Yeah. Are you much cooler when you just stride into the parties over there? Yeah, I try there? to. I try to be a little bit more low. Pro at, yeah. at, a, at a, like a party situation, but but yeah, no. Deadpool's the guy that does. He's just he's 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 either going to pass out or be extorted escorted out. He's uh, <laughs> uh, one or the other. So he's um, yeah. He just can't stop. He can't help himself. But that's what's so fun about the character. He says everything that we as the audience are thinking, mm. um, and some things that we at the, as the audience wish we were thinking. So. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, for the superhero space, it's an unusual character to have. Who, you know, he breaks the fourth wall. He addresses the audience directly. He um, he knows. You know, he makes fun of Wolverine. He makes fun of Green Lantern. He makes fun of you know uh, 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 every character in the superhero universe. And um, um, you know, no no one's really exempt. Even even Ryan Reynolds, he makes fun of. So <laughs> yeah. I saw Green Lantern by the way, and I enjoyed it. So I don't. Thank you. I, I, yeah, but he's not off limits for Deadpool. So Deadpool didn't like it. No, yeah. Well, no. Um, also. Uh, he's also got the healing powers so yeah. I guess when he does get passed out of the party he can deal with the hangover pretty he quickly he can deal with the hangover pretty well yeah he uh, that some of that's actually touched on briefly in the film we actually get yeah, to right. see him <laughs> yeah, how healing powers affect alcohol oh that's good yeah. how do you pull up from a big knot uh, how do I? Um, I those don't happen very often for me anymore I mean when you have a little kid at home it doesn't you know um, but I was never I was never the guy that you know uh, would would you know wake up and in the bushes of some neighbor uh, in Hollywood because uh, I just got outside and partied so hard I lost half my teeth. Uh, no, it was never my bag. So uh, I, I always kept it a little bit more low pro. I also misbehaved when I was younger before there were camera phones and before there was Twitter and social media. So I know. So I feel bad for some of these young guys that are coming up now because they just get busted every second of the way. There's oh, no escape for any yeah. yeah. I mean, you must have to deal with that a little bit. Like, do people sort of pull the phones out and, oh my gosh, it's wrong. Yeah, right. but yeah. what are they getting? They're getting a shot of you know <laughs> me in the, in the elevator or me at a grocery store like yeah. you know wondering you know which whole wheat cereal to buy yeah so uh, no they're not getting you know me with like wearing a clown as a scarf like yeah. you know with a but by the time it makes the magazines it's Ryan Reynolds contemplates shoplifting yes exactly <laughs> well yeah it always turns into that but it does go away pretty quickly yeah, yeah. and first time director. Does that mean that you as the star can yeah. you know, go in there and throw a bit of weight around? Um, yeah, well, you know, we had our healthy disagreements Good. about uh, a lot of things. Who but, uh, but, but um, well, the whole core creative Deadpool team has been working together for six years, that director wow. included. So um, it's like a really weird marriage. We, are all, we all have different opinions on how different things should get done, but we all resolve our conflicts pretty in a pretty healthy way. Mm. So, um, no, nobody acts like a total prick. Right. No, that's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> wish that happened in radio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wish that happened in any situation. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, mate, um, Deadpool is, in the comic books, has taken on all kinds of people, including The Little Mermaid, I think I read. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. He could pretty... totally kick The Little Mermaid's ass. That sounds a bit rough. Yeah, yeah. What did she do to anybody? <laughs> what did she not do to well, anybody? Hey, you guys know the whole, you know, sanctimonious version of The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. another story brewing deep underneath there. Is there really? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. she doesn't know what's going to hit her. That girl is hardcore. <laughs> Eric yeah. can fight. Yeah, she will shank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds painful. Definitely. With a fish bone or something Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. She, can, she can make a knife out of almost anything. You'll probably think Particularly a femur. <laughs> yeah. They're thicker, sharper. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. It's a big bone. It's very hard to sharpen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, um, I, uh, where, where I was driving at that, you're probably thinking, where the hell is this guy going? I was I driving to say, who, if you could write the sequel to Deadpool yeah. then and pick a character from fiction or yeah. from history, where would you like to see him? Who would you like where, to see him take on? Who, who would he take yeah, on? Oh, that's a really up. good, that's a good one. Oh, I'd love to see him take on Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 Because he, he's like, he he both hates Spider-Man mm. and loves Spider-Man. Right. 
Who would win? I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. That's, That's a, a good one. question. That's a really tough. I was thinking maybe like Battle of the Ages, Christian Grey, or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. be a better film. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Oh, definitely, for sure. Mm. The entire Flintstones cast. And then the third yeah. one's got the Little Mermaid in it, and away we go. Totally, she's the assassin, <laughs> little one, stabber. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. Triple M. Thank you. That was pretty cool. Ryan Reynolds, favourite of mine. Van Wilder, what a legend. Very, very funny film. Speaking of funny men too, the next man to join us, you will know from Fat Pizza. Personally, he was my favourite character. I know everyone will talk about Paulie and Sleek the Elite. You know, they're okay. But it was all about the big fella in the yellow tracksuit who helped out uh, Habib with his stuff. That was, of course, I speak of Rocky. And the man who brought that character to life is Rob Shahady. Good morning, mate. Thank you, Seb, mate. Your 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 name rhymes with Leb. That's why I love you. <laughs> I'm a celeb. You're just Seb. And uh, get me out of here, mate. Uh, I have to ask. The yellow tracksuit was it Dada? Was that the brand that Rocky rocked? No, no. no. It was a, it was one of our personal brands, uh. and um, yeah, so. It was a chick magnet. Yeah, I can imagine it was, mate. Now, I hear that you were a pretty handy rugby union player back in your day. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that was my career before turning to – well, actually, during my that my footy career, um, the acting kind of um, – the opportunity came up. So, uh, yeah, I was playing for um, Australian schoolboys and New South Wales and under-19s level and under-21s level. So I was in the system, heading all the way to the Wallabies, but uh, a couple of injuries. The Lebanese back uh, got in the way and um, – yeah, so now I'm running away from cops wearing tracksuits. <laughs> and mate, uh, the reason we're having a chat to you is because you are one of the creative masterminds behind the new sitcom coming to the Nine Network next week. Here come the Habibs. Been a lot of discussion about it. I saw the first episode and it's good fun. Well done. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, very naive people out there that just judge a, uh, a show on 40-second commercial. But anyway. Mate, some of the uh, sort of run-ins you see. So, look, concept is Lebanese family wins the lottery. They move into the Turak of Sydney, you know, the sort of point piper, really rich on the water sort of area. And the neighbours next door are your more typical uh, Anglo-Saxon sort of types, a bit of a cultural clash. And some of the uh, interaction between the two families is pretty funny. Yeah, they're just old money next door and... uh... Yeah, just they're the, the Lebanese family fish out of water. I mean, there's a lot, lot of Lebanese in the eastern suburbs here, but it's just they're a typical western suburbs family that uh, win lotto. So, uh, yeah, it's just a good laugh and good good family show and nothing really – no one would will get offensive when they uh, when they get offended when they watch it. So um, just wait till you watch it and then make your judgment. Have you ever won the lottery? Uh, about eight bucks on scratches. <laughs> That's about Mate, it. Take that. Tax-free, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, so we wish you best of luck for the show, but you are one of the creative brains behind it. You know, you actually create television, which is why I wanted to invite you to be part of a segment I want to launch right now. Lights. you I'll make you famous. Just do your best, darling. It's called Cast Away. We pick a scenario from the news, turn it into a Hollywood movie, and you and me, Rob, are going to decide which actors will play the parts. And I've picked the topic today, which is going to be the presidential election, which means if we were making a Hollywood movie of the US presidential election, which actor would play this man? I don't need anybody's money. It's nice. I don't need anybody's money. I'm using my own money. I'm not using the lobbyists. I'm not using donors. I don't care. I'm really rich. I'll show you that in a second. And by the way, I'm not even saying that in a brag. That's the kind of mindset, that's the kind of thinking you need for this country. I'm thinking Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad with a little bit of a wig. Wow. Mm. What do you reckon? Who would you have playing Trump? I was thinking Warwick Kappa. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, he's got the hair, doesn't he? Well, he thought he was the man back in the days with his pink Lamborghini. Remember that back <laughs> yeah, in the day? And yeah. thought he was, you know, just rolling cash. I, I and, think uh, he still thinks he's the man 30 years on. Yeah, yeah. He thinks he's a male supermodel. <laughs> <laughs> he, he released an adult film not so long ago, The Old Kappa. Yeah, I, well, I don't want to see it. But <laughs> any good? <laughs> oh, a friend tells me uh, it was atrocious. Mate, uh, Bill Clinton's another main character in that whole scenario. I'm thinking... John Travolta did a pretty good job for Bill Clinton in Primary Colours. Who would you have playing Bill Clinton in the film? Bill Clinton. Um, Charlie Sheen. Oh, too soon. Too soon. Similar lifestyles. No, I don't know. Yeah, he's a bit of a party boy, isn't he, uh, Bill Clinton? Yeah, yeah, he does Um, like it. Yeah, we'll go with, uh, I like, I don't mind Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah, all right. We've locked in Charlie Sheen. And give us a call if you've got any ideas on who would play Donald Trump in the film. One triple three five three, or send us a tweet at Seb Costello 9 Now, the all-important part of Hillary, too, 
You need somebody with a bit of esteem, somebody who's a bit of a trailblazer. Helen Mirren did a pretty good job with the Queen. Mm. Any I, thoughts? I, um, mm. I feel like Eddie now. Oh, we're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Get the lights she's, going. She's just, she's a top bloke, Hillary. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's got to be someone tough. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be married to her. No, um, no, I think it'd uh, well. I'm, try I'm trying to think Australia in Australia who who's tough and just like yeah. If it's Australian, I think there's a rule that means you have to cast Rebecca Gibney somewhere. Really? Yeah, no. I, I think it's law. She's all right. Yeah, I know. Probably <laughs> in every show she's in, but um, yeah, I don't know, mate. I, I've got nothing for you. Uh, I don't think there's anyone like that in on the strain TV. Yeah, you're uh, too exhausted ca casting. Uh, here come the Habibs, uh, and that uh, kicks off what next Tuesday? Yeah, eight thirty Tuesday after uh, Big Bang Theory. So it's a night of comedy. Magnificent, mate. And uh, how long's the season go for? We've got six episodes. Fantastic. Um, and if it goes well, so I've got all my cousins watching. Um, it should go well. <laughs> the ratings. Uh, It'll uh, go, you know, hopefully get another series and get double that. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Oh, well, mate, we wish you luck and thanks uh, for playing Castaway with us. Here come the Habibs. Get on it next Tuesday, the Nine Network. Rob Shahady, always a pleasure to chat. Thanks, mate. Take care. We were playing Castaway a moment ago, turning the presidential US election into a film. I had Charlie Sheen playing Bill Clinton. Bit of a controversial choice, whatever. Pete from Bayswater, who would you have playing Hillary Clinton? Uh, Noni Hazelhurst. <laughs> oh, I love it, Pete. Get the Aussie in there. Have you got any thoughts for Trump? You'd have to have bad hair, so I reckon Jeffrey Edelston, mate. <laughs> there is some strange things going on in the lives of both of those men. We're going to talk basketball in a moment. One of our good friends at Triple M, the Cleveland Cavalier himself, Matthew Delavadova, is going to dial in from the United States. But basketball made its way to the White House this week. Our Aussie man, Andrew Bogut, and his Golden State Warriors were invited in by the president, Barack Obama. And Obama is a big Chicago Bulls fan because he's from, he, he was a senator uh, in that part of the world and spent a lot of his career in that part of the world. And he did a little bit of trolling to the Golden State Warriors. It is rare to be in the presence of guys from the greatest team in NBA history. So we're pretty lucky today because we've got one of those players in the house, Steve Kerr from the 1995-96 Chicago Bulls. He delivers a very good line. I reckon we need to do a casting. We need to get somebody to play Obama in the film as well. It'll be a bit different weather where this man is. He's uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers over there in the United States. And if I think back to the middle of last year, and it was one of the most amazing nights of my life, we're sitting there. It's Game 3 of the NBA Finals. We're here to watch this Australian who's had to step up in the absence of Kyrie Irving, and he goes absolutely bunter, pulling shots from all over the place, one where he was falling forward basically on his knees and still made it. Flogged himself so much he had to go to hospital afterwards, and that earned him a spot in the category of legend. Matthew Delavadova, always good to have you on Triple M. Uh, hey, Sam, how are you going? Um, well, mate, I'm well. And, uh, mate, I understand a bit of a hammy at the moment, so you're not uh, quite lighting up the hardwood just this uh, moment. Yeah, i got to take a little bit of a rest right now, but uh, hopefully should be back pretty soon. Not, nothing too serious. Mate, when I was over there in Cleveland, I thought they were going to elect you the governor of Ohio. That's how gangbusters they were going about you. And uh, I love the Australia Day game. You guys had a home game that sort of coincided with Australia Day, and they dedicated it to our country with the Australian anthem and there were animals and all the rest of it. Was that pretty cool? Oh, that was uh, one of the most awesome things that have happened. Uh in, in my time at the NBA, and um, yeah, it was just awesome that the Cavs and Up and Go could pull it together, and hearing the anthem over here was uh, was really special. And if I'm right, you passed a thousand career points in that game. Uh, I think so. I didn't. Yeah, had no idea until somebody told me that the other day. <laughs> so, mate, look, your stats are getting up there. Are you, are you starting to feel like you know this is where you're supposed to be? You're comfortable in that NBA environment. Yeah, I definitely feel that, uh, you know, that this is where I should be playing at and comfortable at this level. Um, it, you know, it, it took a little bit of time to, to get there and, you know, I still have a lot of things to improve on and I want to get better at, but um, definitely feel comfortable in the NBA and playing with this team, uh, with the guys that I've played with for the last two or three years. And how's your mate LeBron going? Uh, he's going pretty well. He's, uh, you know, he's uh, LeBron, so he's um, 
pretty hard to stop out there and um yeah we definitely wouldn't be where we are as a team without him do you know how cool it is to talk to a bloke who's mates with lebron james <laughs> uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> mate he's absolutely he's an absolute dude and he thought the world of you in that final series i mean you're putting together a pretty cool tour through uh, your uh, management there bruce cater and mary smyrnas who do a sensational job and it's for april 2016 you're leading it and it's giving people the chance to see the Cavs in three different games two home games and then an away game at the united center in chicago so you get to go to the bulls home ground and see the michael jordan statue and all that and then uh, is it right that you're even giving them a bit of a private training session as part of this package uh yeah we're going to have a little bit of a group session um and a little bit of a tour of the queue uh where we play our home games um and also a little bit of a dinner as well so uh, looking forward to that and should be good fun. Mate, it'd be fantastic. So it's Friday the 8th of April to the 14th. It's only about five grand. It's a ridiculous deal. Get on to uh, www.omgc.com.au for details and you could be a part of that. Mate, I see Bogues has made it to the White House. Is that guy just getting a bit of a big <laughs> head over there? Uh, he is, he is uh, <laughs> getting a bit of a big head and uh, he shaved his stash that he was going to have before it, so... Uh, I'm going to see him at all-star break, so I think I'll give him a little bit uh, for, for shaving the stash. It was looking pretty thick. Mate, exactly right. They've got to be on his best behaviour because he's hanging out with Obama. Give us a break, mate. You're still the bloke from from Dandenong, let's be honest. Uh, Deli, uh, one last thing too. The Boomers, of course, uh, 2016 Rio. Are you planning to be there, and uh, and what are the word coming out from the camp? Uh, definitely, you know, planning to be there. It's, uh, you know, the Olympics is definitely the number one thing for me and um yeah it was an awesome experience in 2012 at london and i think with the guys that we have in the team right now and we've played together for a number of years i think we can do something pretty special over there mate we wish you luck we'll all be watching and i reckon this team you know if we can get the likes of yourself and bogues and and uh, patty mills in there that is a hell of a boomers outfit yeah it should should be really exciting i think That'd be fantastic. Well, you're inspiring a lot of people to pick up a basketball and get out there on the hardwood. Even myself, I've got a Sunday night team at MSAC. We are hopeless, but I think we're going to play finals, and I blame you for inspiring me to get back into it. Uh, Mate, always good to chat, and uh, good luck for the tour and for the rest of the season with the Cavs. All right, thanks, and good luck for the finals. Yeah, <laughs> I think we'll have a few less people watching than watched you last year uh, placing on the GWS, but uh, there you go. Uh, GSW, I should say. Matthew Delavadova on Triple M, always good, and get on that tour too. It'll be a ripper. First of all, UFC fans, Luke Rockhold is the middleweight champion. He will join us in the moment. Before I get to that, though, Dan Kelly... Beautiful story I did on Nine News last night. They are a great family. He's got a 10-year-old son, Eric, who has a disease known as cystinosis, which is basically a regenerative disease that he is battling, and there needs to be a lot more research done in that area and a lot more funding. And they're holding an MMA seminar at the Resilience Training Centre in Footscray tomorrow. You get all the Aussie MMA stars there. Dan Kelly will be there. Jake Matthews, they're raising money for that cause. So if you're interested in your MMA, your UFC, get down there to Footscray. Check out their Facebook page, Resilience Training Centre. Caught up with Luke Rockhold a little bit earlier on. And I started off by asking him, away from the cage, away from being middleweight champion of the world, he's a bit of a surfer. I am, I am. I definitely uh, like to get out there and get some surfing when I can, when I'm not traveling. It seems like every... Luckily, like right now, we got the El Nino season, so there's like there's swell every time I come home. There's a there's a new swell, something good, and uh, I've been I've been scoring. I've been getting some good waves in Santa Cruz. Mate, you make your living with your fists. I, I can't sort of move on from the surfing conversation without mentioning an Australian treasure, Mick Fanning, who was out in the middle of the waves and had to use his fists to beat off a shark. Did did you see that last year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, it was freaking. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> obviously, that was a. Uh, we uh, Mick actually came out and hung out with us in in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and uh, had a good time. It was, it was funny. Uh, everyone remembers him as as the the guy that fought the shark. I'm like, he's actually one of the best surfers of all time. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, people people are crazy, and so uh, you know uh, that was uh, that was just crazy. He's, he had to tell that story quite a few times in our little trip. So it's uh, 
Man, that's that's uh, that's, uh, that's a wild one. Man, that sounds like fun. The UFC middleweight champ and the three-time surfing title holder just uh, hanging out in Vegas together. All right, yeah, I'm gonna actually, we were talking. I might actually go visit him out and. Uh, no, no, so um, uh, I might actually make it out there. i got to go for UFC London. Maybe I'll jump over after and go, go uh, visit. Mate, we'd love to have you. I'm sure we can find some waves for you as well. Mate, uh, your last fight, you know, you, you took care of business, took the title, fourth-round TKO of Chad, uh, Chris Weedman. Did you see his comments, though, that uh, he said you deserve to win, but he also said that he felt he was only at 10 to 20% of what he was capable of. Did that bother you at all? Uh, you know, he can make any excuses he wants, Uh I, I, I went in and fought him on antibiotics. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, fought him with a, with a staph infection on antibiotics. So uh, you can imagine what that does to your system and, and how it beats you down. I really had, <clears throat> I guarantee I was the, I, I had more, there was more effect on me. I don't know what he, he said 10 to 20%, but he has no, nothing substantial to put it on other than the fact that, you know, it's just 10 to 20%. What does that mean? Come on. Come on, Chris. Um, Looks like he's going to get his chance to prove himself, and uh, you know I'll be sure to beat him down again, even worse. Yeah, tell us uh, there are rematch plans afoot. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, there are definitely some plans out there. We uh, had a couple options uh, with uh, him and the uh, the Cuban guy, but uh, sure enough, he popped for steroids, and so uh, doesn't leave me many options at this point. Um, so I, I'm, I think we're looking at Chris Weidman in uh, early summer, and uh, we're going to have a, a very big card to uh, to back that up. What's it like for you? I mean, you know, you are a champion in this sport. The sport is just going, just exploding worldwide. Is it annoying when you when you do see these athletes go down for the performance enhancing drugs? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it doesn't look good for our sport. Over and over again, uh, we got some of the top guys in our division have been popped lately, and uh, and it, and it's sad to see. Uh, this is a this is a dangerous sport, and, and it's almost like going in there with a you know. Like fighting with a deadly weapon, um, it's uh, it's not fair. Uh, we're not playing ball sports; we're playing for keeps that we can have a dramatic effect on on uh, the rest of our lives. You know, when anything that happens in there, so it's uh, it's nice to be on a fair playing field. Uh, so we'll, uh, I'm, I'm all I'm all for it. These uh, these uh, USADA testing is is popping up on our doorstep at any any time. They'll come surprise me at 6:30 in the morning. <laughs> and just waking up, knocking on and calling you, like, who the hell is calling me right now? I'm freaking out. And <laughs> you, know, anyway, well, uh, you are the UFC middleweight champion, and we enjoy watching uh, what is to come for your career. You're obviously over there in the States. You got a thought on Super Bowl 50? Yeah, I, I got a thought. Uh, you know, I, I have, it's hard to go against the Panthers right now. Mm. They're rolling so much. Uh, they got they got so many weapons and so many tools. They, they, uh, they got the defense to back it up, too. Uh, so, I mean, their offense is off, off the chain, but... I think they just—they've been steamrolling everybody in their path, and uh, the Broncos, as good as they are, I think they've been—they've uh, been capitalizing on on everybody else's uh, mistakes. Um, I, I just don't see the Panthers making those mistakes that the other teams are making right now. I like it, Luke Rockhold. Thanks for joining us on Triple M. Thanks for having me, guys. And we welcome in the very talented sports journalist from Fox Sports. G'day, Nerily Meadows. I love how you try to be cool and suave and you've got coffee all the way down your brand new The Weekend Breakfast shirt. You can't handle anything. I you am cool and spill. suave. I walked into the room and the first thing you do is spill coffee all down yourself. Yeah, well, you gave me a bit of a fright. You haven't was, even cleaned it up either. It's I, still all over the table. I wasn't your prepared mother, for the, I, I feel for it right I wasn't now. prepared for the smell. I thought you'd have a shower before you came in and suddenly <laughs> the door opened and then just this pong came in. Can I say, Seb, it's great to be back. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have you. And you've got a ripper. Apparently, we've got a new up-and-coming driver that we need to keep an eye on. Some are calling him the new Dan Ricciardo. It's news to me. I haven't heard of him. Who is Lewis Leeds? And I hadn't either. But this is one young kid who is going to be the next poster boy of F1. Melbourne people and Australian people need to know about this young guy. I met him a couple of weeks ago. It's a story that we're running uh, with Richard Bayless on Fox Sports News 500 today. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he's going through the same program that Dan Ricardo was picked up for, except four years younger. That is incredible stuff. So he's an absolute go-kart champion and he's 
He's a Melbourne born and bred boy. He's got the looks of the poster boy as well, the smile. If you think that Dan Ricardo smiles a lot, you should see this kid. He's amazing. The pressure does not get to him at all. He's so down to earth. He categorically says, I want to be the next world champion, the youngest world champion for Australia. So he's just absolutely a phenomenal talent. And look, I don't know a lot about motorsport, but this guy definitely has the intelligence, the maturity as a 15-year-old to definitely go all the way. And he's just moved to Europe to hopefully make that dream happen. That's fantastic. What a story. And to make it better, he's from Victoria. Because the only bad thing about Dan Ricardo is the fact that he's a West Australian, which isn't really... It's hard for you guys to take, really, isn't it? That the population's not the really not in your favour, yet we keep nah. producing all the best players. Back page nah. of the paper, Patrick Cripps. Oh, my God, everyone's so excited. West Australian. Mm. Jesse Hogan. Oh, my God, we can't let him get home because if he goes home, guess where that is? West Australia. Oh, I'm, I'm happy sorry. for all West Australians to go. I can't go to a cafe without having a barista who's from Perth. Mate, your clubs over here don't have any stars if all the West Australians go home. Be careful what you wish for. But where do they all want to come to? To Victoria, where it's happening. If the you best get drafted state in the country. Here, you get drafted. No, Look, just... We're just trying to improve Victoria. That's all. We're trying to spread the goodness you across guys, the country. There is a bigger border problem from Western Australia to the east than there is from Mexico to the United States. <laughs> They just keep running across the border. They can't stop themselves. It's extraordinary. Let's talk a bit of cricket, though, before we get into uh, immigration policy. Um, And uh, the one-day series, finally, Usman Khawaja is going to play one-day cricket. Finally, today, and that's, of course, live and exclusive on Fox Sports. It's from Wellington, and he finally gets his chance to be in the one-day side, which is fantastic. Sadly, it's come through injury. Both uh, Aaron Finch, the Victorian, and James Faulkner are out with hamstring injuries. But, look, he gets his chance, and, and hopefully he really takes takes it on board and, and does well because he's just been in phenomenal touch. Shane Watson, one person, saying, I've never seen anyone bat better than Usman Khawaja is batting right now. And just quietly... It could be a pretty handy day for old Uzi because he's also up in the IPL auction later today. A few of the, the boys are, including the older blokes like Mike Hussey and Shane Watson. So could be a fairly handy payday for Usman Khawaja. Hopefully he gets a ton, you know, raises the bat and then picks up a, a cool half a million or something like that in the IPL. But his reserve price is only around that 200000 mark. So he'll definitely go. Is that right? How good's that? So he has a chance to sort of bolster his auction price with every boundary he hits today against the Kiwis. It's brilliant. It's brilliant timing. So, yeah, hopefully we want him to do well. And and I think he's been very calm with this whole situation because he's had enough of us shouting for him and, you know, hyping up his cause in the background. He probably didn't need to go on the record. And certainly at the AB medal the other night, he wasn't doing any interviews because he really? he didn't want to talk about the, the selection. So mm. he's, he's waited, he's bided his time, and now he's finally in the team and let's hope he does well. We look forward to that. Nearly Meadows, I've got something for you. Just let me go down beneath the desk and pull out this brown paper pardon? bag. Yep. Hang up. Here we go. Watch out now, for that coffee. Now, this is very, this is exclusive. This is the second. There is actually a brown paper bag. Second off the production line, official weekend breakfast And t-shirt. having seen how respectfully you treat yours, <laughs> I'm quite well, excited. That is for you. Did mine miss out on the coffee spill yeah. underneath yours? There is no coffee stains. Hyphen was sniffing it a bit earlier. I thought that was a bit strange, but no, that is for you. How big do you think I am, Seb? <laughs> I, knew, I knew that'd get me into trouble. I got some lines. I know I've got bigger me. guns than you uh, do, well, but that's still. True. That's true. And I said to the guy, no, thank have you, you very got, much. It's, ladies, that is because the weekend breakfast audience love you. We love you. And that is your t-shirt, which... Will you ever wear it? Can can I get Made in WA on the back oh, or something? Oh, that's, that's now you're pushing it. Narrowly Meadows, you'll see her all over Fox Sports wherever there's a big sporting story. You have a ripper weekend. Seb, thanks for having me. And thank goodness, Victoria, Melbourne finally turned on the blue skies. <laughs> 31 degrees. Nicole Gunn's got the news. That is the weekend breakfast for this Saturday. Get around yourselves, Melbourne. Happy Saturday.